0: Let's go. Let's let's kick this. Oh, okay. Let's, let's oh. kick. Let's let's oh, fire this. I'm up. sorry. Let's you're finally ready now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, ready.
1: you're tired of waiting for me because <laughs> I've been talking this whole time. <laughs> let's go. Be quiet so we can get started. I've been sitting here quiet the whole time, Bob.
0: Okay. <laughs> we want to play it that way. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> now
1: I'm going to be quiet. My feelings are Hold on. Let me get my stopwatch out so we can time out <laughs> Medicast. I'm Josh Anderson.
0: And I'm Bob Galen.
1: Bob, have you met Quiet Bob? I have not
0: met Quiet Bob.
1: You've met Quiet Bob. Who's Quiet Bob? You just told me you met Quiet Bob when you listened to some episodes.
0: Oh, Quiet, yeah. Oh, so Medicasters, yeah, this Perky Bob. So this is Perky Bob at the beginning. Yeah, the first five minutes. First Watch five out. minutes, yeah. So I have this burst of energy, but it doesn't last very long. <laughs>
1: well we need that energy to carry us through today you know what
0: you know what it is josh i so i get i get sort of level keeled um it's just that's my normal style i think that's my normal speaking style is to be even keeled and not quite as perky i didn't say that i didn't have words josh i still can you're jumping to conclusions here bob i'm reading am reading his face mancasters I'm, I'm
1: not saying anything here why are you the so something about body language body
0: language come on
1: i I was like a snake ready to
0: strike. You were. You were coiling up (laughs) as we spoke, which isn't easy for you. No. It's like one big coil. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, I like that. All right. It's going to be one of those medications. Yeah, it's
1: like a a python that just ate an alligator trying to coil. It's not going to happen.
0: This mental imagery. I we need to move. We need to. We need to move on. I was trying to picture. I know. I know. I, I, I got, know. I'm, so. I'm just. I'm thinking Jungle Book. Remember? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so Josh. Yes, Bob. What are we gonna What are we gonna talk about? We're gonna tonight? talk about
1: um, hiring roles into a Scrum team, and particularly the ones that get hired least often, just because of the sheer numbers. So when you build an agile team. The bulk of the people involved are engineers. Then there's the product owners and scrum masters that get hired. And just because you spend less time hiring because the numbers are lower, you're not going to be as practiced. So you're not going to be as good. So the reason we're here is we're expanding our scrum master team here. And I realized this is the first time I've actually hired a scrum master.
0: Like ever, ever.
1: Ever, ever. I've always filled the You've role. developed them from internal people. Right. Yeah. I've grown them from inside, but I've never gone outside to hire a scrum master. I've grown them. I've been them myself. I stumbled into having Richard here. Super lucky. So I haven't hit the point where, okay, we need to hire a scrum master. What does it look like? How do you do that? How, how do you do it? Well, if we have time, um, we can jump into the product owner role as well, but I like to focus on the scrum master because it's, Sounds good. You, because you just don't do it as much, so you don't get as practiced. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm looking at you because I'm assuming you've hired more scrum masters than I have, which if you've hired one, that means you've hired more.
0: Yep. So
1: when you look for a scrum master, what are – like we've defined how to grow scrum masters, what a good scrum master looks like. But in the hiring process, I've been working through how to tease out do they have the qualities
0: – that we're looking for in a great
1: scrum master.
0: Well, I think their leadership, I mean, it's not just scrum master. I mean, if you know, I'm not saying it's difficult, but what I'm saying is if you said a a good, uh, so Richard, you have a role model. Then you say they're going to look, they're going to have some of those attributes. What are they? Mm-hmm. Then they're going to be leadership attributes too, or coaching attributes. So a lot of our Metacast episodes have sort of revolved around like coaching mm-hmm. aspects. So let's pull one out: servant leader. Mm-hmm. I would look for a scrum master. So if you have a scrum master, you would want them to be about the team and not about themselves. So if you have to care and feed the scrum master, if you have to stroke their ego, right? If their e- if their ego is more you know is more important than the team, yeah then then they're not going to be a... I mean, they're a scrum master, but they're not going to be a good scrum master. Right. So, and so, they probably
1: won't be happy in the role, right? Because they'll be pushing them to not be about them. They might But they be, want
0: it to be about them. They might be happy in the role. I mean, they, for the short time that they're corrupting the model, right, <laughs> and making it about themselves. Right. They might be very... It depends, actually some organizations resonate with that. So let's say a new organization that's command and control Mm -hmm. and then you hire someone like that. So the team isn't going to appreciate it and you're not going to appreciate it, but the organ not, I'm not talking about the dude, but the organization might resonate really well with them. Let's say you have like a, a project, you know, a command and control project manager type, right? Yeah, and you and your C level staff really likes them.
1: When someone is going to take charge and grab people by the scruff of their neck? And, and they're not getting that with you. They're right. get, they're getting the agile mindset from right. you from
0: a leader, which they should get. Right. Uh, but now they have a hook. Mm-hmm. Now they have the hook, which is the scrum master. So believe it or not, you know, and that goes into servant leadership and not just lip service. I, I think part of it is you have to peel the onion with Scrum Master candidates and try to get to the essence. Because I think people BS a bit in interviews. They tell you what you want right. to hear. Uh, and I'm I'm sure anyone you bring in here will have a book definition of a Scrum.
1: Well, and most likely the candidates that have already applied listen to the podcast.
0: So they listen to the podcast. You, I think one of your biggest challenges is how do you peel the onion mm-hmm. and really get to the essence of them so you get through any BS layers. Right. And it and it's and it's b s in a negative sense, but it's also b s that they they're talking like they have deep skills and they don't right right and you have to sort of get there so I'd say situational leadership i'd say or lead, situational questions would be the way you would yeah. attack them is bring them scenarios and really look for look for nuance i think one of the and keep me on point here mm-hmm. uh, on the metacast um I think there's also levels of scrum master. I remember at I Contact, right. we were so we were building scrum masters to begin with, and then we noticed that we had a senior one, mm-hmm. and she was really good. Then there were some middle level ones, and then we had we would we had we would uh, cross train people, and there was a younger or inexperienced one, and so we had three levels of scrum master. Mm-hmm. Now they were all scrum masters, and they all had certifications, and they all had teams but but we had to sort of there were things that differentiated them facilitation skills mm-hmm. was something like facilitation tools being able to you know get, gain agreement in teams how do you uh, charter a team or how do you establish norms right right so a really junior scrum master might not have if you ask that they might not even know what you're saying and then if they've done it they've done it superficially right mid-level maybe has done it a few times, and you can say, what's the difference? What differences have you noticed, you know, in kicking off team A versus team B in your experience? And then just be quiet and let them put some pressure on them.
1: Right, I think that's where the higher up you go, it's the second, third, fourth questions, where you ask the initial question to get everything on the table, and then I follow up with a lot of whys. Like, okay, why do that and not do this? Where maybe they nailed it, and it's exactly right, but I still ask why, or I ask why, why didn't you do it this wrong way? Just to see their reaction of, oh, gosh, I made that mistake, and I didn't want to do it again, and here's why this way is better, of trying to really be, – because you do get the buzzwords, right? of of And that's really – when you get to a technical screen, that's that thing you've got to dig into and get to the layer of the onions and really understand
0: why. In many ways, it's easier technically probably because you can talk about design. Someone can jump up to a whiteboard. Yeah, good point. You can get code. You could actually show them code. Some people do that. We do and yeah. show them code. And you have coding tests and things like that. And in many ways that those tests could be hard, but it's easier to conduct them. Mm-hmm. How the heck do you do that with a scrum master? Right? right. It's not it's not as tangible. Right. It's
1: hard to get up on a whiteboard and architect a great <laughs> scrum
0: master role. Exactly. Right. Or even a stand up. Right. Show me a show me a wonderful stand up right. versus uh, you know, a terrible stand up. Uh and, and and so that you can debate the the, the lines and mm-hmm. you can debate the boxes and things, you can't do that. Right. But I mean, I think that's a valid question though, of making the distinction. And then and then I think I think part of it is putting the pressure on them. So that would be a question hypothetical. Uh, what would be describe to me what you think is the best stand up? What mm-hmm. are the characteristics of a great stand up, and what are the characteristics of a mediocre stand up? Right. And then. And then ask them, so a follow-up question, when, what's your worst stand-up that you've been a part of? And then what did you do right. to, to, make, you know, to make it better? Uh, and then just start peeling the onion a little bit. So I would talk about the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. You know, do they have awareness of the ceremonies? Uh, that's basics right. from my point of view. Deliverables. Uh, I'm trying to think of something I had a thought earlier. I, I actually looked at, so I'll ask you, how would you, there are these scrum attributes. We talked about courage Historically, mm-hmm. how would you
1: test their courage? So I what what I do and I do that with our engineer folks as well is as I get excited when when a resume shows that there was something that they didn't like and they actually did something about it. Those are the things that I look for, and not everybody puts that in their resume, but but I ask questions kind of like you did of Tell me when something was bad, or tell me the worst person you ever worked with, or the worst team you've ever been a part of, and. I really don't care about the worst team they've been a part of. And then the follow-up question is, okay, so what'd you do? And I want to hear that they took appropriate actions. So that would be the same thing that I would do is, okay, what, like, are you an agent of change or are you just going to sit and let things be? Because if you're going to sit and let things be, don't even come in the door, right? Because we can't afford that. So it's trying to tease that out and understand.
0: I I, I might even trick them and give them a scenario where you act like an... and this would be hard for you to do. I I grant you that. I am not a good actor, but but you act like an ass and you say, you know, occasionally, I don't. I'm I'm trying to pull something out, but. You know, I'm I'm occasionally at the end of a sprint. I come in. I reserve the right to come in and kick a little butt. <laughs> I reserve the right to, to tell people what to do. Right. This is a dog-eat-dog dog world here at The Dude. And you know what? Look at my business card. I'm the director or the senior director of engineering. Uh, And I'm just warning you that I'm going to do that. Uh, do you want to talk about that at all? I mean, how, how do you feel about that? But right. I, I'm essentially going to do that. I'd want someone to get in my face to some degree. Now, right. in a, in a I, I'd want to see, I'd want to see some feistiness. I'd want to see some courage right. that comes up. So, and, and I, I'm actually trying to create conflict. Right.
1: So I've done that not directly, where I've had somebody seated. Like, okay, so Josh has this problem where he does this thing, yep, and it's bad practice. How can you help us with that? Yep. And just hear how they're going to handle that. Yeah. It might be more. Interesting to just have me do it.
0: I exaggerated there a little bit. It's, it, was pro- it was over the top. But what I'm really, but a good saying, idea. But what I'm really saying is give them something face to face. Right. And if they don't, if they just, if they agree with you, mm-hmm. oh, no problem. I would really have a problem with that. I don't know if I'd pursue it much. Right. But I'd want them to at least say something, react somehow. Right. Maybe if it's like a shiver through their body, <laughs> maybe even it's body language. Right. Um, but, but you need, you need straight shooting scrum masters. You need courage scrum masters. You don't want yes men or women for scrum masters. Right. You, you, and how do you test for that? And honestly, and if you, I mean, the interview is actually a really pretty cool, you know, sort of opportunity to test for that. Cause if they're going to challenge you in the interview, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to challenge you during the job. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they're, if they they're wanting the job. What else about scrum masters? Uh, I wouldn't preclude. I'd give you advice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look for a certain stereotype, meaning uh, someone has a development background. Right. Uh, you know, I've seen folks who have QA backgrounds, BA backgrounds, dev backgrounds, uh, project management backgrounds. Be good scrum masters and be terrible scrum masters. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't get caught up in their backgrounds. I wouldn't get caught up with certification so much.
1: Yeah, I'm not a certification guy.
0: You know, we've talked about that. Right. I get caught up with chops, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, re- I really would insist. I mean, you're a you're a senior shop here, mm-hmm. so I don't think you could do with an entry. Right. You know, if you're going to do an entry-level Scrum Master, you might as well grab someone internally and yeah. turn them into a Scrum Master, right? Yeah, for
1: a second Scrum Master, we can't afford to do that. Once we get to five, we could probably take a, f- a flyer on somebody that shares yeah. promise and all yeah. that stuff, but we need someone to come in and make a difference, especially because they're going to be across two teams so we have this unit of overhead where there's these two squads and they're supported by a DevOps person a scrum master and a director so they need to have some skill to be able to manage too and actually one thing that richard and i have talked about um that we're actually not going to assign scrum masters to squads we're actually going to have them rotate because we want the diversity that we talked about of having different eyes different ears seeing the same problem and Posing a resolution and trying to help coach those teams,
0: so okay, so that's just a thing on the left field no, no no i i mean i don't I don't agree with it, and that's why I get quiet, right so it's not that i I don't know enough about it, but it's it, it would be like rotating anyone from the team, so i I have a counter idea for you right for you to ponder and you'll ignore it but but absolutely but it would be like would you would you rotate other people on the teams? Like, would you rotate the? Let's say there was a team leader slash architect, so a really central person on every team who was the essence. Everyone's valuable on mm-hmm. the team, but there was a really core technologist on each team who developed and emerged, or a small set of them. Would you rotate them? Don't answer. Uh, that you know the QA lead every two weeks. Every two weeks, <laughs> would you rotate them? So I think right. that, you know the product owner. Would you rotate the product owner? Same logic. Right. Oh, we're going to sharpen the product. They'll know. They'll know the product. And then, but you, but you will do it. I'm assuming you're. You said no to those previous questions. You probably correct. Wouldn't. But if you said no, then why? Then why treat the scoremaster any differently? And that's. And i I don't. We're talking about hiring them. Okay. And we and, can tackle
1: that at a later date.
0: But I would. But they're not yeah. any different, is what I'm trying to say. They're a team member who who ingratiates themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, ingratiates. They they integrate themselves with the team. And so that's that's a lot. I've never rotated scrum masters. Uh I I because I I honor them as a team member as right. as much as anything else. Back to hiring. I have a job description so I the, could share with you if you care to so see it.
1: One we already have one out there, but it would be good to see yours cuz I'd like to see if there's something that we can do. I wasn't I wasn't offering
0: it to you to like replace yours, but right. but it was just it's an old yeah. one. It's, it's one I had for my contact.
1: Everything you have is old Bob. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Josh.
1: I kind of had to whisper that because I felt bad. <laughs> you
0: did. You started with, whis- but it didn't stop you from actually insulting me. <laughs> you just thought, like, you're, you're a dinosaur, Bob. <laughs> yes, I am, Josh. Uh, Thank so, you.
1: <laughs> so there's one thing I want to throw out there. One thing that Richard does that I really like is he takes it beyond coaching the team itself, but he coaches individuals along the way. He's, he's almost like an impartial third party, um, that supports the managers that are coaching the individuals to get better. So he has sit down discussions with people and coaches them on behaviors. Whereas traditionally scrum masters are just about the team. And at that level in the process, whereas what I value in what he brings to the table is he takes it to that next level and coaches, the team themselves and not just the ceremonies and everything and facilitation, but how can I help you get better? If I help you get better, the team gets better.
0: I mean, one of the things you're going to have to, you're going to come to grips with is bringing in outsider and then they're going to have different. So I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying is hiring a new scrum master, Richard had the, so Richard had disadvantages mm-hmm. when he started. It, you were spinning up the team. He was getting to know you. Right. But he was an incumbent person here in the organization. Right. Right. So he was here pre-Josh. Mm-hmm. He knew people. He was doing work. And, and then when you, assi- when you made him a scrum master, he had relationships. A new scrum master will not. So they, So they may become Richard over time, but it may take them a year. To, to Richard didn't have
1: relationships with these people because all the developers were new
0: hires. I still think not everyone is comfortable with relationship building like that in coaching.
1: Right, and I'm not suggesting on day one they can do that, but I think I think there's value in finding somebody that has the capability to do that. So you
0: want to poke at that in the interview? That's as well.
1: what I'm asking—is your thought on that? Because that's what Richard has become, and what there's real value of how important you think that is.
0: I think it 's really important, but okay. it 's not everyone is a Richard right, right. and someone else it 's this sort of complementary it goes back to what we were saying during the pre discussion or even in the beginning complementary skills right right so you, you may get a classic scrum master who you know if they if you read the classic role they they don 't do that with the team mm-hmm. there 's no h r responsibilities highlighted
1: right he doesn 't have any h r responsibilities but
0: but but he behaves. The, the managers you said this in another metacast that the managers in you can act to use him to activate discussions that normally managers would have, mm-hmm. maybe those early stages. not all scrum masters are going to subscribe to that right in fact, some of them you 're going to get soft coaching scrum masters. You may find a genre of folk who you know who are facilitators and who are very soft. Mm-hmm. And are not very pushy, and they're trying to create emergent understanding. So, instead of having a one-on-one with someone, they might do facilitated workshops or something. They might do games, mm-hmm. but they may never have those in the beginning. They might not have that. So that's some of the things you're going to have to tease out. Right now, I would have if that's important to you, and I, I personally want scrum masters to border. I want them to be a partner with managers. Mm-hmm. So, in previous metacasts we've talked about that the, those habits, and I think they're strong right, but not every, all i 'm cautioning you is you're going to have to tease it out and sort of check the comfort level mm-hmm. and then don't discount someone who's not doing it that way because that's not a classic I think a lot of people don't look at the scrum master role that way right I do right, but a lot of people don't right
1: I, and and I was one of those people a year and a half ago i didn't and then I saw Richard do that. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then it's like, okay, that's kind of what they should be doing. But that's
0: how I am as a scrum. When I become a scrum master, right. I am a leader. It's probably the same for you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be – we're actually teasing out, a, I think, an important part here. Uh, I think managers or team leads who have leadership responsibility who be, who then get agilified mm-hmm. and then maybe uh, you know operate in a scrum role – they uh they have this combo pattern that i'm scrum master plus leader right plus coach you know what i'm saying yeah. and and because because right. that's their background but that's not the classic scrum so that's that's a leader becoming a scrum master and then uh that's that's how i view the role and that's mm-hmm. how i value the role but if you have a non-manager who becomes a scrum master then they're more influence artists. They're more soft. They're more...
1: Well, yeah. And so Richard, in his background, he does have management in his background. So he's managed people. He knows how to do that. exactly. And and so we've we've been able to complement each other where Richard goes and takes a squad, and I take one, and Monica takes one. And we all kind of co-scrum master across the board because Richard can't be everywhere, but he's also comfortable and confident in the other people that he has helping him and vice versa. So there's times when... We help him. There's times when he helps us. But whenever there's a problem, it's like, okay, Richard, you sit in in bed with the squad and straighten things out. And he does it like that. And then we're back in business to where it's more of a monitoring guardrail type situation. See, something
0: you might want to do is to find a classic scrum master who doesn't do what you and Monica and Richard do. Mm-hmm. Someone who is softer, if you will. right. Right. Just to compliment you. Because you have three of you that do that. Right. I might look for a really strong scrum master who has maybe stronger facilitation, Mm -hmm. influence skills that would compliment you guys. And then observe. How are they getting? They're getting the same results you are. Right. But they're putting more of the monkey in the back of the team. Mm -hmm. Right. And less on the leader. Right. So – i mean richard and you have you have leadership influence Mm -hmm. not necessarily scrum masters so you might want to it's it's sort of what complementary skills right um i might be looking for like a a more what i call a traditional scrum master Mm -hmm. to fill it. someone who's strong right and who has that experience what are some of the other attributes i'm trying to think i mean clearly communication ability um smarts common sense like because they're communicating at different levels of the organization right so experience so I, I wouldn't hire someone who has two years not that there's anything wrong with two years of experience but i'd be looking for someone with seasoning right uh yeah. you know years of experience outside of the scrum master role mm-hmm. uh there's a scrum master or re- release train engineer uh, i'm working with i prayo, and she's uh she's been a manager she's been a project manager uh, she's been a scrum master. Uh, she's been a co- well, not a coach, but uh, very strong sort of background.
1: Right, but having the diversity in where they came from helps them because they have to relate to so many different people. And you don't have to understand pressure. And you don't have, you don't so have to micro coach them, right? right? You
0: can give them the autonomy that that they deserve, right. as opposed to you having to micro coach someone mm-hmm. in the organization. You can let them loose in a variety of you know, situationally. They, they, you know, they're going to land by and large they're going to land on their feet right. and if they need your help they're going to ask your help mm-hmm. for your help so they have, they'll have the maturity to do that as well um, Scrum Masters
1: What about um, if they come in wearing a moose hat
0: I'd hire them immediately You, you would? Yeah, can I have a job? <laughs> sure. Thank you yeah. I'm looking for <laughs> uh, I want them to wear so I, I really think to be respectful well, That's going to be good they should should wear a suit and tie, don't you think so, Josh?
1: No, in fact, I just retweeted something this you, past weekend really? about dress how, code? About how
0: neckties should die. I would agree with neckties, right? I still have a, a bunch in my closet, but I haven't worn The last time I wore a tie was at my daughter's wedding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and before that, I don't do ties. Uh, Weddings and funerals? I don't do ties anymore. Yeah. anymore. I mean, I, I'm not the shirt, the shorts, and et cetera. What's well, wrong with that, Bob? There's no do you, Have you seen my legs, Josh? <laughs> I made my point, Josh. Thankfully, no. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there are some things in this universe, Josh, that just don't need to be seen by the human population. And now we've added one to that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my legs, <laughs> yes, are one of those. So, <laughs> um, uh, what were we saying? I lost track. I can't believe I lost track. The moose hat. Yeah, I mean, I I think. You know, other things. I mean, passion. Mm-hmm. They need to be passionate. They need to be a change agent. Uh, I'd I'd actually ask them: Are they involved in the uh, community? Okay. One of the things that Richard's doing, mm-hmm. and you've seen him evolve that way. Right. You you evolve this way. Yeah. Is are they giving back in some way? Mm-hmm. That says that it's not it may seem that's not about them. Well, it's not about them, but they're also putting their money where their mouth is in their free time. Right. To some, to some degree. So do they blog, do they do something, Mm -hmm. uh, that says that they're, you know, do they get themselves out there? I'd be looking for someone to get themselves out there. agree. I mean, I remember when Mary, uh, interviewed with me and I contact for a QA director position in the interview. We were talking, she was talking about, she was excited about the opportunity, um, to work with me but more importantly she was looking to like do public speaking and she was looking to i mean she had this really sort of visioned view of where she wanted to go i'd be looking for a scrum master and now i'm I'm maybe out of bounds but they should know about the dude they should know about you they should have listened to the podcast now i'm being serious Mm -hmm. um they should be freaking excited about the opportunity to work at the dude right. in Agile with with you uh, because you guys get it right. Mm-hmm. They they should be. I'd be looking for them to be aware. I, I don't know how to say this so it doesn't s- sound odd, but they should be. It should be an honor for them to come here. They should mm-hmm. be honored, right? Or excited, right. excited. Yeah. But 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 understand the opportunity is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at. It's not, it's not just a job. right? So if you're a scrum master in, in North Carolina, how many companies uh, are really practicing scrum really well, Josh? And maybe the answer is not that many.
1: We've guessed less than 5% okay. based on what we've seen.
0: Yeah. Well, this is one of those 5% places. Right. So I, I know it's hard to collect that data, but I'd be looking for them to, to like have an inkling right. that this is the real deal mm-hmm. and to have an inkling and to be nervous, to have nervous and excitement, right. and uh, and to have a discussion. And if they just come in leaning back, or something, and, and they're just not, to, and they don't give to the community, then I'd pass. Right. I wouldn't care how many chops they had, right, or how much experience they had. I mean, you don't have it in you don't have it in your heart, mm-hmm. or you know, it's not that sounded schmaltzy. That uh, so I apologize, Metacasters, but I'm trying to get the passion and the understanding should be there, right. Yeah, so yeah, I,
1: because because it's all there, right? It's all available. You don't have to go far to find this. You know, you search for dude and agile, and you're going to get the podcast. You're going to get Tech Day. You're going to get my Twitter account. You're going to get everything else that's going on out there. Absolutely. And you if you it. haven't done that, that's what then I mean. how serious and I'm. Are you? A,
0: and I'm not a big researcher, so right. this is not the twenty years ago or ten years ago. You need to follow up on a company thing. This isn't right. that. This is It's so socially easy to do this stuff nowadays. And you're passionate about the opportunity. I mean, just curiosity should get the better of you before you come in. And then if you get hooked up and you see some of this stuff, you you should be, like, clicking through and saying, oh, cool. And come in here with a spring in your step. Uh, What else? Scrum Master, do you have any other questions? I'll, I'll send you. Again, I have an old job description that I send people. It's from my contact about Circa... Maybe 2010, mm-hmm. uh, so it's older. I mean, it's not older. It, the age doesn't hurt it as a job description. It was in our format, um, but is I it t- a stone tablet? It's it's on papyrus.
1: <laughs> Ass. <laughs> you the one say it was so old. It so was ground
0: to. by people along <laughs> the Nile. I
1: had to jump in. I know.
0: Do you no. know? Do you know how hard it is to sort of? <laughs> create Papyrus? No, I don't. I don't, I I don't, don't. either. I've read. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. On Papyrus. Oh,
1: yes. i <laughs> so. about Papyrus. That's very meta. <laughs> Sticking with her. <laughs> exact,
0: yeah. Exactly. Um, but we can attach that to the Metacast sure, as, yeah. as something. Oh, there's something else I might... Uh, there's a book by Jeff... I think Richard would know this. There's a book by Jeff Watts. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Watts has... Uh, it's called uh, Scrum Mastery. Um, and one thing you could do so two more ideas for the interview mm-hmm. um one would be uh he has these uh, good to great comments of what scrum master he is there's like 20, 20 to 24 a good scrum master does this mm-hmm. a great scrum master does it this way right so a good scrum master you know encourages everyone to listen or something to each other a great scrum master encourages every, or encourages everyone to talk a great scrum master encourages everyone to listen right effectively and that's sort of the pattern. You might hand him or her something like that pre interview mm-hmm. and it would drive and ask them to pick their top five and and then talk about are they good or great? Uh, so or you might actually say, you know, pick your bottom five, where are your weakest points? Where are you good? Mm-hmm. And what are your five or top three? What are your greats? And it would only take them 10 minutes right. to review it and pick, or 15 tops. If they're right. a slow reader, it's literally, I can send you the PDF if mm-hmm. you want. And and that might drive some, like, balanced discussions as to, like, where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. Or even do they understand the nuance of the role. Mm-hmm. You should take a look at that. But it, it really sort of, it's, it's a great complement to a job description. Cool. yeah. Then the other idea is have them audition. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how this would work here. I mean, have you done developer auditions or something?
1: Uh, whiteboardy, we're evaluating ways to do more traditional audition. Type like get
0: stuff. them to sit with the team and stuff. Yeah. We we were play, we were playing around with that at Eye Contact. I mean, we we evolved from the tradi- you know one on one interviews to panel interviews, which we were and we were really cruel to people to then collaborative panels and whiteboards with problem-solving. So we mm-hmm. were just trying. There was no specific answer. right? So we were just trying to get information, and, and that, was, right. that was softer. And then we started getting people to uh, sit with the team occasionally for specific roles or come in and do a presentation. Uh, we had people come in and do. We would send them like a design problem and then have them, particularly architects. Mm-hmm. So any mm-hmm. senior developer and architect, we would ask them to come in, and do in a one hour presentation or something, then that that to us was auditioning. Uh, we never did with the scrum masters do this, but it but we could have is like have them come in and run a stand up right or have them come in or or just do something or uh, you know just hang out backlog depending on what's happening in the teams right have them sort of facilitate something or collaborate with something or get involved in the team somehow. And just see how they interact with the team. Right. I, I, I do think the more, I am really bullish on, um, particularly with millennials, with the different generations that are, com- you know, the different generation styles that are coming in mm-hmm. and personality types and things like that. Seeing people interact. Yeah. So, so you can do interviews and you can do the situational stuff. But actually cutting through it and seeing and just plopping people together right. is is really, I think. It, it gets to the core of the work uh it's harder to what it's harder to tell it's i think it's harder to orchestrate mm-hmm. because it gets odd it right? does yeah right it's out it, for everybody right it's not for everyone it, it, i find if you start doing it you really have to do preparation to get them over the fear hump right <laughs> so you have to clear i think it, it's more successful if you do some personal like don't have hr reach out to them and tell Mm -hmm. them but you reach out and say we're doing an audition and this is what we're going to do and what we're not going to do so they don't get all sort of ranked around it Mm -hmm. but if you can get people interacting with the team somehow uh in any form whatsoever even even if it's just sort of an even an after hours thing Mm -hmm. i think that gives a lot gives you because it's agile so collaborative yeah that's the point right it's so gosh darn collaborative did we cover this? I don't I know if so. we covered it very well. I, I feel like we did. Did cuz you're the customer. I don't right. I feel like I rambled too much, but uh don't make don't don't say it. Don't. Don't. I just, Medicasters, I hear them. I hear them yelling, "Don't Josh, don't."
1: Don't. No, I hear them yelling the opposite, like "Get him Bob" <laughs> or "Get him <'em>, Josh."
0: Exact. <laughs> and Medicasters, my wife Diane is in the leading of that pack of the Josh. Fan club, yes, yes.
1: It's just out of pity, right? It's.
0: <sighs> I don't know what to say.
1: I'm sure if we sit here long I think enough, it, I think you'll it, have something to say.
0: Do you want to test me? Uh, oh, one final thing: you could ask them what their top, you know, um, get get them into challenges. Like, what are their top? Right. So I'll send you a bunch of stuff right now. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to leave it the Metacast. Let mm-hmm. me add this: I'm going down to the uh, I'm going down to the uh, the Scrum Gathering in Orlando in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm presenting a talk. On, and I think the title is "The World Needs More Prescriptive Scrum Coaches" or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm what I I'm sort of trying to to put pigeonhole the world of there's soft Agile coaches and then there's hard Agile coaches. And I think most coaches are too soft mm-hmm. and I want folks to occasionally just occasionally maybe tell a team what to do right or occasionally get into a team's into the team's face just every once in a great while, and very few folks do that so I have these scenarios that I've created and we're going to break out into sessions and I want one person to uh i want one person to be the uh the soft coach mm-hmm. and 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 talk about how would the soft coach attack this scenario and how right. would the hard coach attack this scenario and you might take some of that uh, again it's the it's the situationalness mm-hmm. and it it goes back to the jeff watt stuff but uh i'll send you those situations okay. yeah, I, cool. that's you personally i don't know if we want to attach them i'd like right. not to attach them sure. to the Metacast. yeah i got you but uh, give them a situation or two if you're comfortable with that uh, and that could be something they could read. I mean, it's just literally like thirty second reading, and then right. it's like, "This is your situation. What do you do?" Right. Uh, and you can't. They can't just have one reaction. You have to peel the onion. I'm looking to actually peel the onion. Right. Okay, you tried that, and this is what you could do in the interview, and that didn't work. Right. What would you do next?
1: Yeah, that's a swing and a miss. Try and you again.
0: try that, and and if they come up, and if let's say you just use a couple of those scenarios. And if they only have one, bat, one swing, mm-hmm. or two swings, and then you know that they're inexperienced, right. and that may be okay, but they were good swings, mm-hmm. right? And you like the right, swings. Yep. You could have someone who's ultra experienced and came up with five swings, but they were the wrong swings right. from your point of view, or they were the same swing right using the same let's say they're using a battering ram so they used the (laughs) battering ram again and they used the battering ram again so they had no flexibility Mm -hmm. they had no nimbleness they had so it was a hammer right they were using different you know different weights of hammer right but they had no screwdriver they had no pliers and they had no other tools um i think that's something that you want to sort of explore and then the other part of it is they're not right or wrong so don't make them feel bad right but it's do you feel that that's going to map the culture here? And that's the thing. Maybe that's the nice way to wrap this up. Is the inner the scrum master? I think has to not just have the chops, but have the chops you think you need. And this is where you and Richard probably right. not the team, yeah. but you and Richard are assessing cultural map, right to what you want, mm-hmm. and not that the team actually may reject something, and you may say you and Richard get together. This is exactly what we need. This will push the team beyond their comfort zone. Exactly right.
1: Yeah. Cool, we nailed it.
0: I think we nailed it. Well, you nailed it. And I no, just nodded and said yes. No, but I'm feeling better about it. I was feeling it was weak, but it's like now I'm. I think I put some additional. No, I think in. this is
1: really good because I'm sure there are, are lots of people out there struggling with. Okay, I got to hire a scrum master. Uh, we don't have a scrum master. Let
0: me have a counterpoint. Yeah. You know what, people, Josh, you're well. I, it's a lot of people aren't. I mean, this is still it's 2016, and people are still cheaping Scrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we need to do with the MediCast is get your, you know, get these topics out there socially because I've used you as an example in conferences because you've gone from not seeing the value to them to seeing the value. Mm-hmm. And you're a good role model or an example in that because people are still – 80% of the folks are still nickeling and diming Scrum Masters. Yeah. And their Scrum sucks. Let's just say that. It right. really sucks. And their teams are really struggling. there might be a correlation, and they're, and they, but they're not <laughs> there is right. a correlation, yeah. but they're not drawing that correlation right. at all, yeah. so the, so that's, that's where I think this talk can help too, is to start connecting the dots and using the dude, the examples here at the dude for sure. that good. So how do people get a hold of us Well, judgment?
1: Bob they can find us on whatever channel they found us on.: Ah The best way to communicate with us is Twitter. So mention us. I thought you were going to say like Fox or
0: CNN or something like that.
1: That's 2017. That's our that's our goal. There is to have a live show, you and I on every day.
0: Oh, you were, you were like you were setting the bar (laughs) up.
1: So anybody that's out there that wants a new talk show, we're it.
0: We're it. Call us up. Bring us up. Yeah, Josh is my agent. Yep, and he means I take.
1: 15% 15% of you whatever can have
0: he a, you nego- He's a harsh negotiator <laughs> Let me tell you You do not want to negotiate with Josh So find us Give us feedback We've been getting We've been getting good feedback You we know appreciate that. I, There is a small pattern That I've heard lately Of people going from episode one and up You know that mm-hmm. I keep Not hundreds But I'm, if, Every week or so Someone is like I'm finding someone Or they're finding me Who does that I'm just tip of the hat to you guys So the MediCast is out there Alive and well And people are going back in time and going forward. So thank you for that. Uh, We're glad we're adding value. So give us more feedback.
1: Yep, that's all we want to do is add value.
0: All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.